You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. This is the intrinsic reason why our collective thriving, it depends on raising up some in society while those who have gained too much power or too much privilege or, or too much property or profit, they must fall back down, just being brought back into balance. This is Herb Montgomery, and I want to welcome each and every one of you to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. This is episode 357, and our title this week is The Falling and Rising of Many. In the Gospel of Luke, we read these words about the child Jesus. In Luke 2, verse 34, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. We mentioned this passage briefly in part nine of our Advent series last month, and but this small statement, it offers insights that I think are worth a closer look. In physics, we typically speak of things rising first and then falling, like what goes up must come down. But this passage isn't talking about physics. It's talking about pulling some people downward economically, politically, and socially while raising or lifting up others. And it harkens back to the language in Mary's Magnificat in Luke verse 1. In Luke 1, 46-55, sorry, Luke chapter 1, it says, He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. This is that uh, child that would call the cause the falling of some and the rising uh, of others. These are passages about wealth disparity, but not, not wealth alone. Last March, Renewed Heart Ministries' monthly recommended reading was uh, Kate Pickett's and, and Richard Wilkinson's book, The Spirit Level, Why Greater Equality Makes Society Stronger. And in page after page of, of statistic after statistic, uh, Pickett and Wilkinson, they show that once a society Society reaches a certain level of wealth, the amount quickly becomes irrelevant. What determines the overall health of that society isn't the amount of wealth that society has, but the degree of equity or disparity that exists within that wealth, that exists there in that society, whether the distance between the haves and the have-nots is great or whether that distance is, is limited. Inequity disproportionately impacts people in regards to education and health care and crime and substance abuse, uh, mental health, and, and so much more. In a different hook, a uh, different book, uh, Behave by Robert uh, Sapolsky, maybe Sapolsky, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, please forgive me. But, but, but uh, this book shows that the social economic inequity 
over time, it even damages individuals and the communities they compromise biologically. There are physiological changes that take place within the body. This is the intrinsic reason why our collective thriving, it depends on raising up some in society while those who have gained too much power or too much privilege or, or too much property or profit, they must fall back down, just being brought back into balance. Ancient societies also knew this. The Jubilee in the Torah, it's just one practice that they developed to demonstrate it. And I think those like Jeff Bezos today who... who became the world's first centibillionaire during a global pandemic where many have suffered losses of unimaginable magnitude. Uh, it's just an example. A, a dear friend of mine, as an example of, of someone who's gone through unimaginable loss, just lost a brother-in-law to COVID. He had just become a father 11 months ago, and he died on Christmas Day. We are now over 20 million cases here in the U.S. with, with hospitals being overrun and, and almost 408 Thousand, just a hair below 408,000 uh, people now dead. What could the pulling down and rising up of, of many, what could that mean for us today? In chapter 6 of, of Luke's gospel, uh, this idea continues with the theme of redistribution or, or balancing of resources in, in, in Jesus's community where everyone would have enough. This was a society, remember, where an elite few had more than they could possibly ever need while a multitude of others were being bled dry economically. They're, they're thriving it was impossible. Their very survival was being threatened as well. And, and many who had once had modest, modest means, they were being pushed into a, a poverty, much like America's shrinking middle class today. Consider how these words would have been heard in that context. This is Luke 6. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. And blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult your name as evil uh, because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. And that's Luke 6, 20 through 26. Again, it's this idea of some this child being the, the that which was responsible for some falling while others being lifted up or being raised up. So, so, so much can be said 
about these words. I want you to notice the parallel, though, to the falling and the rising from Simeon's words in Mary and Joseph. Here, the poor, the hungry, those whom the present unjust system had reduced to tears, those who, who were labeled troublemakers for speaking out against injustice, they're being lifted up in Jesus's vision of a just community. While those that the present system has left rich at others' expense, uh, those who are well-fed because others do go hungry, and those that are rejoicing because of their great disproportionate wealth, those whom the system praised would now be brought back down. And all of these groups would experience a fall from their places of privilege as their community came back into balance. No one would have too much while others didn't have enough. And I can't help but wonder uh, if this wasn't why Jesus was interpreted as being such a threat by the elite in his day. I was once troubled by the idea of the well-fed going hungry. And I want to be careful right here not to interpret this passage in a way or with language that that body shames anyone, including myself. But in that context, well-fed, it had a political economic meaning, meaning, similar to the the elites being referred to as fat cats. And some experience hunger at the beginning of a healthy weight loss journey. Not all hunger is bad. And in the same way, the elite, they will experience temporary hunger whenever society is being brought back into balance. They may even weep and mourn as they see billions of their net worth lost on their their balance sheets as as society itself is rebalanced. And a return to social equity, it always feels like loss for those who are privileged and powerful. And this is why Jesus' vision of a just society was so threatening. It also explains why that group felt that his voice, that it must be silenced and he had to be removed from among the poor that he was uh, 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 inciting, uh, those who were hungry and and thirsted for things to be put right. Yet Jesus's teachings of, of economic redistribution that was part of his own Jewish heritage and, and sacred text as well. This economic falling and rising, we actually find that even within the Torah. In the book of Leviticus, Leviticus 25, 8 through 13, we find count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seventh Sabbath Seven Sabbath years amounts to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpets sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee leave for you. Do not sow and do not reap for what grows of itself or harvest uh, 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 the untended vines, for it is the jubilee and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. You see, the jubilee year 
It was also referred to as the year of the Lord's favor. It was an additional sabbatical year when slaves were released, when debts were forgiven, and property or land was restored to the original families of ownership. And we find this being announced in Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. Deuteronomy 15, 2 states, However, there need be no poor people among you, for in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you if only you obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow the commandments that I'm giving you uh, this day. What are part of those commandments? Every every few years, all debts were to be canceled. All, all, all slaves were to be set free, and and uh, 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 land ownership was to be returned. These economic laws they were intended to be protective. They they placed limits on both extremes, preventing anyone from amassing too much or preventing anyone from losing too much and therefore risking poverty. These offered a type of of falling and rising that pulled those at the top back down and lifted those at the bottom back up, all to prevent societal disparities and inequities becoming too great. These laws... They weren't utopian by any means, though. They, they, they assumed that disparities and inequities, they assumed that those were both inevitable, but also knew that they were damaging, damaging to the degree that the growing society's disparities, that, that they needed to be limited so that its potential for damage or harm would also be limited. Redistribution of, of amassed wealth in this context is mitigated harm. And I want to recommend an article to you. I'll put a link to it in this week's e-site. It's Debt Jubilee, Will Our Debts Be Written Off? It was written last March to wrestle with the concept of, of jubilee and, and the economic challenges that, that we have experienced during the pandemic. It's telling that out of all the passages that the author of Luke's gospel could have chosen from the Hebrew scriptures to summarize Jesus's work, they chose Isaiah 62. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has announced me and anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That That's jubilee. So, so what could limits toward amassing too much wealth look like in our context today? What could limits on poverty through redistribution of that amassed superfluous wealth look like? And, and could this redistribution, which will be seen as a threat to the elite, how, could it be life-giving, though, to the masses? Do we find support for redistribution in the Jesus story and in the Jewish sacred text? These are the questions, I think, that, that are worth wrestling with as we enter into this new uh, year. Heart group application this week, we at Renewed Heart Ministries 
We are continuing to ask all of our heart groups at this time not to meet together physically. Again, there are ways where you can stay virtually connected. Uh, Zoom is just one of those examples, but we want you to practice that physical distancing that is so important right now. Uh, when you do go out, remember to please keep a six-foot distance from others, between you and others, and wear your mask. It was announced today, Dr. Fauci uh, made the announcement in a press briefing today <clears throat> that... If we could just, for the next 100 days, everybody wear a mask, we could save 50,000 lives. 50,000 lives. That's worth a piece of cloth uh, uh, covering your nose and mouth. And continue to wash your hands to stop the spread of the virus. Uh, uh, we are about to enter into a, a very difficult time here in the United States. We make up only 4% of the world's population, but over 20% of of uh, 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 of COVID cases are, are in this country. So th this is also a time, remember, where you can practice the resource sharing and the mutual aid that's found in the Gospels. Make sure that others in your group have what they need and, and, and prioritize protecting those that are most vulnerable among you. Number one this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's Eastside or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, what are some subtle differences differences between equality and equity. Uh, discuss what social, racial, and economic equity would look like in our society. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home uh, for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.